You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. You're going to be watching TV and there's going to be a commercial pop up. You had no way of knowing that was going to pop up. And, and so you're going to get some exposure not even looking for it. Now, what, what the Bible's talking about is controlling what you can. Amen? Uh, controlling what you can. Make sure that you set boundaries in your life that protect you from the detriments of it being exposed to too much visually. There are times when you cannot control your environment. Driving down the road, you might see an unfavorable billboard. Or maybe you can't change the channel fast enough and catch something you'd rather not hear. But in Pastor Gary's message today, there are certainly times you can choose what you hear or see. You've been called to not conform to the ways of the world, and choosing not to view or listen to ungodly material is part of that calling. Fill your mind with worthy and God-pleasing things. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Proverbs chapter 4, as he continues his message, Battle of the Mind. No amount of preaching, no amount of teaching, although all of that is good, will replace your personal walk with God. Amen. We've laid a good foundation for the necessity of winning the battle between your ears because I believe most of your battles will be won or lost right here. How you perceive and receive the Word of God. If you have a misunderstanding of it or a misinterpretation of it or even a misrepresentation of it that causes you to see it skewed and in an incorrect light or in a wrong spirit or wrong attitude, then you may be missing something that God has for you. But if you can ask God to create in you a clean heart and give you an understanding of His Word so that it can clear up the fog in your mind, you can win the battle in your mind, and it will play out through your life. This is an interesting concept. Uh, you need to understand that God is a spirit. God is a spirit, okay? Whatever happens in the natural first happens in the spiritual. Before there was ever an earth or a universe created, it was a thought in the mind of God who identifies himself as a spirit. And so it had to happen in the mind of God in the spiritual realm before it ever happened in a physical sense. And so God said, let there be light. And he spoke what was in the spiritual. And because he's God and he can do that, what was spiritual became Natural became tangible. Does that make sense to you? And so whatever happens in the natural must first happen in the spiritual. And if there are things in your life that need to be moved or changed or fixed that are in the natural world that you have no control over, that it first has to happen right here between your ears. You have to be able to see it happen and believe God that it can and will happen. And if you'll anchor your faith to the Word of God and go to praying about it and go to seeking God over it, as it happens in the spiritual, so it will happen in the natural. 
Because God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You will get nowhere physically if nothing happens spiritually. You will you'll see no change in the natural world if there's no change in the spiritual world. The natural man cannot receive the, the things of God because they're, they're, they're foreign to him. He cannot relate to them because there's no connection between lost men and holy God outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. But once Jesus comes into the picture, he hooks up the file man with holy God and all of a sudden there's communication and relationship between man and God and what man needs God to do for him he can call on God and come boldly before the throne of grace and all of a sudden the things that you need God to do in your life if you'll pray in faith believe in Jesus said you shall have whatsoever you ask Jesus and his disciples were walking along and uh, there was a fig tree I believe it was that Jesus come up to and it was unproductive it had no fruit on it and Jesus cursed the fig tree and the Bible says immediately it withered the disciples were so taken back by that they said how can that fig tree wither so fast because even if it were dead it would take several days before it would completely wither that was just a natural process but it withered up immediately it was like there was a vacuum cleaner that sucked all the life out of it immediately. And the disciples were mesmerized by that. And this was something that happened naturally right before their very eyes. But it didn't happen naturally till Jesus thought of it in his mind and spoke it in a word of faith. And then it happened. And then something real, real powerful happened after that. Jesus looked at the disciples and he said, If you shall have faith and not doubt, amen. Not only can you do what I just did to this fig tree, but you can say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the midst of the sea, and it shall be done for you. And he was dealing with natural things that needed to be moved. And it was a literal, it was not figurative, this was a literal fig tree that dried up, and it was a literal mountain. No doubt either he was walking on the mountain he was talking about, maybe he was pointing to a mountain that they could see there in the distance. But he was he was talking about things in the natural that needed to be moved but could not be moved until you hooked up in the spiritual with God and have faith that God would do it. That's why your mind is so powerful. That's why it's important to make sure that your mind is filled with faith in the Word of God so that when you begin to call on God and ask Him, God, I need your help with this. God, I need your help with that. Would you help me, Father? God can begin to move things in the spiritual. And when God begins to move things in the spiritual, the natural will have to obey the Word of God. It's amazing. Not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost that continual washing of our mind fills us with faith so that we can begin to believe God for the impossible it's amazing what God can do Let's talk about the eyes as being one of the gates to the mind and how it can either be an asset to our faith and our walk with God or it could it could be a detriment depending upon what you expose yourself to. Go with me now to the book of Psalm chapter 101. Psalm chapter 101. But just uh, while you're turning, just <laughs> let, me, let me reemphasize. All you need to do to get something to change is convince God to change it for you. That's all you got to do. Something you can't do yourself. Maybe you need some God to heal you. Maybe you need some financial assistance in an area of your life. Maybe you're praying for a lost friend or loved one and they no way that you can reach them. You've tried and failed. There's something in your life that needs to change somebody that needs to be touched by the power of the gospel. 
All you got to do is convince God to do it for you. And if you can get God to move on your behalf, it'll happen. How do you do that? Faith. Jesus said, don't even take much faith. Faith in the grain of a mustard seed. We think we have to have great faith. Oh, God, give me great faith. I'm just praying God will give me the faith of a mustard seed. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I'm ashamed, I'm ashamed that some of the unanswered prayers that I've lifted up, and the only reason they're not answered is because I've doubted while I was praying. I'm just fessing up. So many prayers we pray, and we don't really expect God to do it. There's an old black preacher one time that preached a message on Rhoda ain't wrong. Y'all remember the story in the book of Acts? They were praying for Peter to be delivered from the jail. Peter comes walking up out of the jailhouse, knocks on the door of the prayer meeting. Little Rhoda goes to answer the door and gets so excited she forgets to let Peter in for a second and goes and tells everybody Peter's at the door. And they said, you've gone mad. You're crazy. And they was praying that God would do it. And then they didn't believe the report when it come to pass. Sometimes we pray and we don't even believe God. God's so merciful and patient with us, isn't He? He answered the prayer anyway, didn't He? Because He's good. But Rhoda ain't wrong. (laughs) I love it. I love it because faith is a powerful force. And it's not like a God in a genie box or genie bottle or whatever you call it. You can't just rub it and, and make three wishes and God make them all happen. You know, there's a relationship that's got to be in place and, and there's priorities that have got to be in place and, and you've got to have the mind of Christ and you've got to think like God thinks. You can't just think like you want to think and expect God to fill up, you know, fulfill your little wish list. You've, there's some things you don't ask God to do because it's not within His nature to do. But if you align your thinking up with the Word of God and begin to have the mind of Christ and think God like God thinks, you'll learn what to pray, what not to pray, and every prayer you'll ever pray from then on will be answered. I believe that because your mind is lined up with the Word of God. All right, back to I, Psalm 101, verse 3. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave unto me. This is a determination. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. It was deliberate and intentional. The psalmist David said, I've decided that I'm not going to allow anything wicked to come before my eyes. Now, you're talking about a man who allowed the lust of the eyes to to really dramatically change and really ruin a lot of his life. Amen. I believe he learned a lesson. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. He said, I hate, I, I, I detest, I despise the works of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave unto me. I don't want nothing to do with it. Why do you reckon he said that? You reckon he knew what the cost was? You reckon he knew how devastating sin would be? Amen. And we as the people of God, and I had to learn this as a young man because of the temptations of youth, the less you expose your eyes to, the better off you are. You better just, you just better make sure that you protect your mind because whatever goes in the eye will never leave the mind. You have a memory better than an elephant. at least a visual memory there are some things visually you'll never be able to erase don't don't corrupt your mind don't do that pornography is an all-time high today it's it's instantly available anywhere in any place where anybody's got a smartphone 
and the security settings are not set on them. We got a generation coming up being raised on iPhones. I'm almost scared of what this generation, this this country will look like in another 20 years as far as vulgarity, as far as wickedness, because it's so readily available now. You can be out in the boondocks and get all the pornography you want to off the internet through a smartphone. Uh, and, and this generation has been bombarded with visions. I'm talking about images of sex and and, and drugs and alcohol and all the filth of the world. And you've got to make a decision and you've got to be intentional and deliberate. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Now, listen, there, there's going to be sometimes you're going to drive down the road, you're going to see a billboard that you wish you didn't see. You're going to be watching TV and there's going to be a commercial pop up. You had no way of knowing that was going to pop up. And, and so you're going to get some exposure not even looking for it. Now, what, what the Bible's talking about is controlling what you can. Amen? Uh, controlling what you can. Make sure that you set boundaries in your life that protect you from the detriments of it being exposed to too much visually. Sodom and Gomorrah was a wicked place. But from a distance, it looked like a well-watered garden to Lot, didn't it? And you know, it's funny, things don't look as good close up as they do far away. And he got down in that city and he got intertwined in that city. But all the, it started out like this. He pitched his tent towards Sodom. He just looked that way. And he ended up being so singed in his conscience by the wickedness of that city that he was willing to give the purity of his daughters away. For political gain. And the Bible said he was a righteous man. Amazing. Saved, but crippled by the lust of the eyes. Proverbs 23 and verse 6. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 6. Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. The morsel which thou hast eaten shalt thou vomit up and lose thy sweet words. Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye. Principle. Not only should you protect your own eyes, you should not allow others who have an evil eye to have a major influence in your life. Uh, as the old saying goes, birds of a feather flock together. All right? And if your best buddy, maybe, maybe you got the, the eye thing whooped. Maybe, maybe that's not a temptation to you, or maybe it is, but you've got, it, you've got your boundaries up, you're protecting yourself, you're cautious, but maybe your best friend has got a problem. It wouldn't take much of nothing for you to be in a room somewhere, just you and your friend, and he pops something up. Hey, check this out. And guess what? Next thing you know, your friend's bringing you down. Are you listening to me? You got you to gotta protect yourself not only from yourself, but you got to protect yourself from others. Now, Jesus taught his disciples, this is a delicate balance here. Jesus taught his disciples that we are in the world, but we are not of the world. All right? principle you cannot so separate yourself from the world that you never have real contact with the world 
But you've got to have a delicate balance. You cannot be so intertwined in the, in the, in the, in the world that you become like the world. You've got to be the difference. You've got to be the stronger one. You've got to be the influence. You, they should not be pulling you down. You should be bringing them to Christ. Amen? Now here's the thing. You can crawl in a hole and never get exposed to anybody and protect yourself from, but you'll never, you'll never have an impact in this culture. You'll never, never touch somebody and lead them to Christ if you hide in a hole and never expose yourself to others. But now think of it the opposite way. They need some exposure to you because you have the hope. So you've got to be strong and you've got to lead the way. I found that most of the friends that I used to hang around in high school that didn't have the same convictions that I did, that didn't have the same beliefs that I did, didn't have the walk with God that I did, not took my whistle, but it, there was a difference in many of them and me. I, I found that when I just set the standard and let them know who I was, they, they knew not to. Uh, they, they res, most of them, 99% of them respected that. It didn't mean that we never talked again. It didn't mean that there was not a meaningful friendship or relationship. It just meant they didn't go there with me, and I didn't go there with them. And that's the kind of friendships that we need to develop with the world. Friendships to where we are an influence and a light, not where we're drawn into lust and enticed. But the only way you're going to do that is to keep your mind filled with the Word of God. And may your spirit be filled with His Spirit. Amen. But your eye gate is very important. So protect yourself from self. Protect yourself from others. Go with me now to Matthew 6, verse 22, and we'll close with this one. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single... Thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. Powerful text. Let me try to break this down for you real quick. The light of the body is the eye. That's talking about the natural. It's giving us an, uh, a spiritual understanding with a natural illustration. Just so... Uh, the light, you know, the eye is the light of the body. Okay, watch this. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. What does that mean? You look up the word single, it means a, as a particle of union. Okay, if thine eye be single, it's a particle of union. In other words, uh, it's speaking of unity. Uh, it's, it's speaking of harmony. It's speak, in other words, uh, it's dealing with who you're associated with, who you dedicated to, if your eyes united with Christ. You follow me? If thine eye be single, in other words, there's only one person you have your allegiance to, and that's Jesus, then your whole body shall be full of light. All right? But then what does it say? If thine eye be evil, if single means united, uh, single focus, Right? then what would be the opposite of that? It would be divided, wouldn't it? It would be double vision. It would be blurred focus. It would be you're scattered. You know, a double-minded man unstable in all of his ways. 
man washed to and fro, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine because he's double-minded. It's a man trying to straddle the fence. Got it one foot in the world, one foot in the church. Are you following me? Double vision. One eye is looking one way and one eye is looking the other. You cross-eyed, your vision's not clear. You, you're not of single eye. You're of your, your eye is evil, so to speak. Your eye is full of darkness because the vision is blurred. Does that make sense to you? Okay? And so if thine eye be evil, I, sh- I could put it this way. If your eye, if your vision is blurred, because, you know, once you lose clear focus, uh, if, you're, if your vision is so blurred you can't see, you might as well be in the dark, right? Darkness is just another definition of not being able to see. Right? Thy whole body shall be full of darkness. And now in the spiritual sense, what this is talking about is who are you devoted to? If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? People going around all the time spiritually blind, claiming that they can see. Claiming they have the truth. Claiming they know God. Oh, I know Jesus. I love God. And, and, and they ain't no more changed by the power of God. Uh, amen. Are you listening to me? You know, saying it's one thing, but living it's something else. What's the problem? Double vision. They're not seeing clearly. They think they have light, but the light that is in them is darkness, and so it's great darkness because there's no greater darkness than deception, than thinking you're okay when you're not, thinking that you can see when you can't really see. People who think... They, they know their way in life, but they're misguided because the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest they should see and believe. And so that's why you have people all the time that are in utter and total darkness, and they cannot see their way out of a paper bag, spiritually speaking, but they will promise, they'll swear up and down that they have truth, that they're okay, that they don't need what you have, that they've got it all figured out. they got life by the handle. Amen. But they're blind and cannot see. Jesus said, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single. Do you have singleness of heart? Do you have singleness of mind? Do you have singleness of vision? Are you looking one way and that's Jesus' way? Are you listening to me? Or are you trying to plan your way and hoping God will sign the bottom line and approve of it? You could look at your relationship with God one of two ways. You can fill, a, fill out the blank piece of paper and expect God to sign the bottom and, and sit around and wait until you die because God ain't going to just approve anything you want even if it don't line up with His will. Or you can give God a blank sheet of paper and say, God, put whatever you want on this. My life is yours. And let God fill the whole page out, not just sign the bottom of what you want. Amen? People with singleness of heart who are really devoted to Christ, will be okay with, it may be a challenge, but you will ultimately surrender to anything God wants you to surrender to because you have a single heart, a single mind, single vision, single focus. And as a child of God, when you begin to let your eyes wander like Peter did when he was walking on the water, doing just fine, only man recorded in history besides Jesus that had the privilege of walking literally on water, what happened? He lost his singleness of mind. He lost his singleness of eye. He 
took his eyes off Jesus and took it off something else. And all of a sudden, he exposed his eyes, the light of his body, to something that he shouldn't have even been concerned with because he already had it conquered. Why did he decide all of a sudden that he should worry, worry about it when he was already on top of it? Amen? All he should have done is just kept his eyes on Jesus. But when he took his eyes off Jesus, he began to sing. And he, had, he cried, Lord, help me. And Jesus helped him. Amen. And if you get off the path as a Christian and you let your eyes wander, you get off the path, all you got to say is, Lord, save me. And God will help you. God will save you. But now you've got to come back to Him. If you get off the path, get your eyes back on Jesus. Amen. Today's teaching is coming to an end, but you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Here at True North, we encourage all of our listeners to dive into Scripture regularly on your own. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to guide your reading and reveal God's truth to you. Thanks for joining Pastor Gary Cottle today for True North. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new edition. If you'd like to learn more about True North or Pastor Gary, visit GaryCottle.com. Would you like to plan a visit to worship and study the Bible with Pastor Gary? You can find all the information you need about where he pastors and how you can visit at GaryCottle.com. If you're not in the area, we do encourage you to find and begin attending a Bible-teaching church near you. Find a family of faith that you can invest in and who will encourage you in your own walk with the Lord. If you have any questions or would like to find out how you can support Gary Cottle Ministries and True North, please reach out to Pastor Gary. He can be reached at contact at GaryCottle.com. That's contact at Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on True North.